You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Pogues, it's great to be back. It's great to be here to cover part two of Zack Snyder's Justice League cut version. Um, Of course, those of you that are listening from part one, as you know, we're doing part two now. Then after this, there will be an episode called the Zack Snyder's Justice League epilogue. And then there's the Zack Snyder's Justice League epilogue sequel where you know at the end of justice league where he, he he followed up on new ideas he had thought of when he was filming the other ideas so he just kind of threw them in there not finished you know some of them are just like no chances of never being made either <laughs> as half those people's contracts are now void some of them are just drawings he did in a bar once but uh the studio didn't cut anything so it's just all of zach's ideas unfiltered with no one criticizing anything that comes out which, as we know, has never gone wrong. I mean, look at the prequels. George Lucas, you know, unchecked. It went great. Wait, hold on. Let me check my notes here. Oh, it did not. Okay. No, I think you're thinking of something else. Yeah, I have here that the prequels were big bada bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, my Pizza bad. made a mistake. <laughs> but we're here to talk about uh, part two of the Justice League, which starts at around like two hours in. And encompasses yeah, yeah. The, the various chapters. Uh, I forget what they are, like five through seven? No. I think it's well, something. Yeah, I maybe. think we stopped at the start of four, the end of four. I can't uh, remember, honestly. I missed oh a lot God. of the placards this time around because oh I just wasn't God. paying attention. Yeah, I might have been scrubbing a little bit through the boring parts, which was a lot of it. Oh, Look, I watched all of it. I, I watched this entire film, unable to make it play at two times speed like I would like I was wont to do. Uh, here's a preview. Uh, I know that we here at Not Another Origin Story are, um, when you average out our two personalities, we tend to be a bit critical uh, of movies, partially because that's where comedy tends to come from. Mm-hmm. But secondarily, because we're, well, we're cynical bastards. But... Um, uh, uh, this is tough because we don't like DCEU moves very much. So if you are a fan and you're tuning in and you've somehow made it past episode one, uh, buckle up because episode the part I, I had many positive things amongst negative things to say about the first half of the Snyder Cut, mostly because that appears to be where all the changes were. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that appears to be where Zack Snyder created a new movie. The second half seemed to be like 45 minutes of new stuff but sandwiched around the same terrible shit that was taken when this movie was yeah. originally released. To be clear, now that we've seen the whole thing, what we can what we can reveal to you is that the core plot of the movie has not changed. Um, and there really isn't a change in theme either. Uh, really all we get is a couple of, of uh, backstory enhancing scenes. We get actual backstory scenes for characters who did not have them. <clears throat> Cyborg. And... Mm-hmm we get the swapping out of kind of awkward, campy, bad Joss Whedon jokes for really bizarre slow-mo stage scenes of people doing backflips or oh standing by God. crashing yeah. reefs of water. That's, people that's, that's un- all we get. of how physics works. Like, they're just like, well, they're superheroes. They could change direction in midair. It's like, this is why, I, I don't know. It's, it's this my is pet peeve for me in these movies. What I've discovered the Snyder Cut is, is it is precisely a car from pimp my ride because what happens in pimp my ride is that exhibit shows up to your house and and says hey everyone sent you in as a nominee because you have a shitty car that can barely drive and you can't make it to your you know your job every day um so we're here to 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 pimp your ride do you have any interest 
Uh, well, I guess I own a fish. All right, you love fish. We're gonna put seven aquariums in your Honda Civic, um, and we're gonna and we're gonna paint the hell out of it, and we're gonna add new seats. But here's the important thing. This is a, this is also very true. They don't actually fix the car. No. They don't fix the cars on Pit My Ride. They don't. They don't. Your engine is like duct taped together and using like a soup cam for a carburetor. They don't fix any of that. So your car will be dead in a day after shooting, but it will just have a bunch of fish that will inevitably die. Um, so that is what this movie feels like, is that this jalopy bumped into the shop, and all they did was they gave it a sweet flame paint job, and they threw, like, an Xbox in the back. <laughs> like, hooked up to a TV. They didn't fix the car. The wheels are shit. Everything's broken. The door squeaks. Like, nothing Nothing that was core to what a you, movie you is. You pay, like, so much more for insurance, <laughs> and you can't figure out why. Things like story, themes, you know, uh, uh, crisis, resolution, things that matter, those have not been tweaked or improved in the two cuts of the film. All we got was a little more context behind stuff, which I admit helps. It definitely is an improvement. I can't think of a lot of the changes that I found that Zack Snyder did that worsened the movie. But that's not saying much, because the world hated the first one, so I don't know why it's worthy of praise that you made it a less worse-smelling fart. Anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I just was sort of... I mean, the first episode, we were probably pretty critical, but I, I mentioned that like at the end of that first cut, I was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of sure to see where this goes, but then I, right. in my mind, I was like, I think it's just going to go into the Justice League movie, which is widely considered a terrible film. Not just by, like, us, but in general, the original Justice League film was not well-received. So poorly received was it, they let this guy remake half of it. You know what I mean? Which is right. bizarre. But and, this and, movie doesn't... Like, do, I, all the additional stuff is still wasted. Because right. it just has no impact. It's done so quick, and it's to try to make scenes later in the film have any sort of merit, and it just doesn't work. And it's still sandwiched between some just truly terrible dialogue and particularly some of the most boring fight scenes I've seen in a superhero movie. Yeah. I mean, putting like the target, like on say the MCU is we typically have agreed that age of Ultron was a pretty, pretty, pretty boring, dumb, movie. pretty boring, dumb, bad. Just the, uh, it's, it's the first Avengers yeah. movie just remade. It, it, right. It, it's the same. Exactly. Movie. But if they said that we're releasing a new cut of Avengers age of Ultron to fix it, and that cut was just a bunch of the scenes they cut out, but everything is the same, and they color palette swapped a couple of characters for no goddamn reason. Yeah, yeah. That U is Ultron just gets a new CGI that is, look. That is not a fix. You know, if they just like edge out a couple of jokes they didn't like, and they just add some scenes to maybe well, flesh out Ultron like, or something, I guess it doesn't fix. The, the issue anything. would be is in that case if you were like, oh, if they remade it and they just created a better origin story for the twins that would actually work because the twins are still somewhat rounded out characters in that movie you have a general idea of who they are and sure. why they hate tony stark to begin with any sort of additional backstory would only further to build up their character this movie is backstory for characters done in lightning speed and then to try to justify a scene that existed in the movie that made like had it has no impact there's a scene at the end where it's supposed to seem as if the Flash thinks he's going to die, which we can get to that in a minute. But there's supposed to be like this emotional scene where he's like giving this speech, and it's like, I don't know who this character is. 
He was introduced yeah. in this movie. I know his dad's in jail, and he has a bunch of dead-end jobs, and he's really unfunny. Those are the three things. So him <laughs> having this emotional turn, there's no path, there's no build-up to it. You're just, like, picking a random character and being like, this guy gets an emotional moment. Why? I don't know, because had we done these films in the right order, you would care about the Flash. And you would understand why it matters that he might be traveling so fast that he's reversing time. Because he says specifically, oh, I made a rule I wouldn't do this, and I'm going to break that rule. Why? It seems to have no negative effect whatsoever. It, it's not hard for him to do. He does it instantly. And it has no adverse effect after it happens. And it saved the world? Yeah, yeah. I, could, I was just like, wait, so there's nothing negative? Like, he should have come out and, like, at the end when they were like, oh, we saved the day, he should have been like, yeah, but I had to do something I really shouldn't have done. I, Honestly, know, I really screwed the- And then you'd be like, ooh. But instead, he's basically like, if I don't make it, doing this thing, which appears to be as easy as everything else I've done in the movie. Yeah. Also, when it comes to superpowers for a character, story-wise, you can't default to what I refer to as, like, elementary school recess recess rules where you know you and your friends are running around with your hands shaped like guns like going pew pew at each other and then someone goes oh uh i'm actually wearing a shield that stops all bullets so i can't be shot like now that kid sucks and you throw him out of the game right that kid Mm -hmm. sucks that kid invented a random bullshit so that he didn't have to lose the made-up game that's being improvised anyway that's what this movie is like. It's also the problem we saw in Wonder Woman 1984, where they're like, oh, shit, Steve, we're on the runway. We've been spotted. We're currently being seen, you know, because we're so visible. And she's like, oh, good. Well, don't worry. I also have invisibility. I haven't mentioned it or used it, but let me give it a, just a, just a little crack at it. Oh, cool. Let me, let me yeah. use it once. <laughs> then never once again. And, that's it. Probably would have been good if I made myself invisible when I went to stop that guy at the end of the movie. Obviously, comic book fans are well aware of the Speed Force, and time is a huge component of, like, the Flash's story. It's, like, it's wrapped yeah. up in everything about him. We know this. But as a movie watcher, you see him, all he does is say, hey, I run real fast. So fast, I go into, you know, something I call the Speed Force. And I can change time. Anyway, let's go to your mansion, Bruce. Like, that's all we get. And then later yeah. on, he's like, ah, I'll just use the time thing I mentioned earlier. It's just, it's and, so and tacked on. he even on. says, like, he brings up twice that there's things he can almost do, but he shouldn't, but doesn't explain what the <laughs> ramifications are. So when he does them at the end, I don't care, because there are no ramifications. He just says, time gets a little wonky. And they'd already, they'd already shown us before he could make time reverse. So when he does it at the end, it's not interesting. Because it's like, yeah, he did this 35 minutes ago. And that was, why are you showing me the exact same thing again? It was just so disappointing. Like, the, that was sort of just, I, I don't know. It really bothered me. Because they were trying to give him, like, this big moment. It's like, this is unearned. I know nothing about this character. You've given me no reason to care. If you'd killed the Flash... If I didn't read comics, I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd just be like, all right, that guy's dead. Nah, yeah, it would be, you know, it would be it would hard be like to killing get... Quicksilver. Nobody gave a shit. It would be hard to get super emotional about, about all, all any of the characters if there wasn't a comic book backstory other than, I guess, Superman. And, because you've gotten I, yeah. so much from him in the movie so far. And I, at least Wonder Woman had a film. but like right, Wonder me, Woman, the, yeah. The main problem is, is they, they want you... They're drawing on... Like, these are films blockbuster films they're not movies being shown just at a comic convention right you could take for granted the fact that everybody knows everything about these characters and they'll fill in the blanks this movie as a person who you know i i don't read a lot of dc comics 
I you know I read Batman a lot and I've read you know Long Run of Green Arrow and stuff, but I've never read like Martian Manhunter or stuff like that. I don't give a shit about Aquaman. Uh, so it's like I have a general idea of who these characters are, and even that's not enough to make me care. So I'm just like, you have to make this movie. You have to explain this shit. Like I know what this stuff is just because I'm a nerd. I, and I'm still confused in the movie. Like, the way they talk about the Speed Forces, I'm like, I don't remember that's how it is in the comics. So it's just, and then they never explain it for me to be like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. I just am like, I think I'm misremembering maybe, but they're not explaining how it works. I No, I totally agree. Um, well, well, to, to set the baseline, starting from where this movie, s- second half, kicks off. Yeah, we, um, we started in, we have a fi- five. We have officially reached the point that we have discussed in other movies is approximately at the 30-minute mark. So if we, I guess, scale that theory up to four hours, then I guess we're only a little bit off of time here to have the Justice League have their origin? No, because if, <laughs> if a movie's usually two hours and we want it to be in the first 30 minutes, it's the first fourth of the movie. This oh, still true. doesn't make it. Two that's fucking yeah. hours in! They finally appear as... Ha- mo- some of the Justice League, because at this point, it's still just the three or four of them. The right. Flash, Aquaman is not Cyborg, there. Cyborg, Batman, and Wonder Woman. They show up uh, to fight what's-his-name. You know, they Batman brings his ship. They Or they go first. The, this, this this thing starts with the biggest waste of Jim Gordon. He I was about to say, that that was where I wanted to go, is is we, we spend time with Jim Gordon, I guess, just so fans can go, that's Jim Gordon. Yeah, I and couldn't then... figure it out. And I was like, what a waste of J.K. Sims. And then the other thing I thought was sort of a bizarre choice for a casting. Like, I love him as an actor. J.K. Simmons is phenomenal. It feels strange. And it's not but, something that I'm willing to say, like, is completely a no-go for me. But, no, but it can... just feels like the way they're playing him is sort of the upbeat, fun-loving J.K. You know what I mean? Instead of, like, the serious gruff from Law & Order, they're doing, like... Give me J. Jonah Jameson toned down. And it's like, but yeah. it doesn't really work. Like, they don't, and they don't really give him anything to do. And then, I mean, the other thing with this movie is so many of the jokes and, like, moments have been done in so many different versions of these films already, even though they're not in the DCU, that they're just boring. Like, when, um, Gordon turns around and they're gone and Flash is like, oh, they just left. That's rude. It's like, yeah, this bit has been done in every Batman yeah. movie since they started making Batman movies. It's And it's just like, don't give me this. It, we got it. It's not funny. And I think they do it even... I, I swear there's a joke similar to that in Batman vs. Superman where somebody's talking to him and he's just gone and they're like, I hate that. Yeah, but, no. It, and that's it, like it's well-trod ground. You're totally right. Yeah, and it's just sort of like they didn't... There's nothing exciting with what they do. And so they go to find... They find him so quick because all of a sudden somebody realizes, oh, Cyborg is able to look at these patterns and determine that if they're attacking in both Metropolis and Gotham, they're probably in between them. I don't know why you guys needed a supercomputer to guess. I bet you they're, you know, in between the two places they keep going since they... They haven't Cops gone on, other, on the other side of either one of them. I bet you they're in the middle. Isn't there like a gigantic island we know that's completely uninhabited and somebody could just hide there? Oh, okay. Cops, cops get that right all the time <laughs> when they're yeah. looking for criminals. Goes, oh, he's probably nearby. Yeah. He's probably close. Maybe just look. Is there, a, is there a tube somewhere he could hide? So they show up to fight him. And I don't know. It's really boring. They're like, we'll stick together. They instantly 
split up. At least the Flash calls it out to be like, eh, this is pretty dumb. But this scene is the start of what I consider like just the wasting of these characters. So you go in, Batman fucking blows in this movie and in Batman vs. Superman. I, anybody who's like, this is a great portrayal. I like Ben Affleck. I like the little voice thing. I think it's kind of cool they do the stocky Batman instead. But he's as much Batman as the Punisher is. Like, in both of those movies, he mostly uses a gun. Which is not... Batman doesn't use a gun. He's not smart at all. He's fucking dumb as a rock in these movies. He can't find anyone. He can't figure out that Superman's not really a bad guy. He's just like... They take all he really is. is They basically have made his superpowers that he's rich. He's, which is he, yeah, not a redeeming is, characteristic. He is rich gunman in this movie. And that's yes. it. And it's he, such he, a he, waste. He says it himself that he's rich. Obviously, it, it played off like a joke that that is his superpower. Yes. But then all he does is like, I made a car. I made a crawling tank. I brought mm-hmm. lots of guns and rockets. And I don't seem to know where anything is or how to find it. Uh, yes. Because Cyborg is kind of a conflicting, you know. Which, oh, and, I can, and don't get me wrong. I'm not like, oh, he should be so smart they don't need Cyborg. I get you want to give Cyborg something right. to do. But maybe don't have it be, oh, they're in between the two... You know what I mean? Like, Cyborg should have come up with something really interesting to been like, oh, they've been attacking all over the United States in whatever fake city or state, you know, Gotham and Metropolis are supposed to be in this movie universe since they're, like, right across from each other. And maybe have him do, like, some calculation to be like, well, the distance... We know these things can fly, but they have to be here. And have it be a place no one would have suspected instead of just being like... Hey, I think they're in the fucking bay where that island you fought Doomsday was where nothing is and someone could just hide and no one would know. I think that's where they are. Oh, cool. Thanks. I didn't think to just look in the general vicinity. You know what I mean? Like his his big moment is undercut by the fact that it's not something clever. <laughs> and Batman's too dumb to have been like, oh, I didn't think about just looking for them. You know, and it's just so disappointing. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. Um, and 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 this sequence is exhausting to watch, and it really didn't set me up for for a good vibe. Because yeah, they all they, they all the, the group I think minus Aquaman at this point. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just the. Four. That's right. He shows up at the end of this. Uh, they, they 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 arrive and they encircle the villains, and then I guess just one of them goes down because a whole sequence of. Uh, uh, of of who fights first? Is it Wonder Woman? Well, Wonder Woman basically. J- jumps well, in. what happens is Cyborg jumps in because he sees his dad. That's right, yeah. Which makes sense. Wonder Woman then jumps in and starts fighting Steppenwolf, and they like go to another room. And right, then and then Flash and, and Batman and, come in, and Flash mostly in this. But, but scene, based on the timing in this scene, is that a whole fight takes place before they finally decide? It's like in the yes. you know in a kung fu movie when they all like the villains it's, surround it's the hero and they take cut. and they yeah they they one at a time jump in. Well, and then yeah. the other problem is throughout this entire scene, Flash seems to be the only thing he's doing is moving really fast to a new location and then saying something. Maybe I get one point he's fighting a guy and he's just awkwardly like moving in between corners, like hiding with like a scared face on from this guy trying to shoot yes. him. And it's like, he's... you're super fast. Just get behind him and punch him. Like, I, wrote... I understand what the point is. I wrote the Flash is not being used very well, and yeah. yeah, because his entire use in this entire scene is that yeah, he zips around, he, he, he dodges, runs punches. up some stairs before people, and says, 
this way. It's this a staircase. Way. There's only one I expected way him. To go. Again, this would be a repeat of something that's already been done. But think about this: a sequence in one of the X Men films where uh, uh, Quicksilver like runs everyone out of the the X yes. mansion as it's exploding. Which is what uh, I thought they were gonna do. He said, "Get yeah, out of here." Too. I thought yeah. he was gonna like. Here's the one time for him to actually succeed with his power. And, and so here far, would be like a funny bit if he was like, yeah. if Batman had been like, you got to get these guys out of here, you know, I'll hold them off. And he starts punching them and he knocks one over and then he turns around and the Flash is just standing there. And he's like, all right, what do you need me to do now? And Batman looks over and they're gone. That would have yeah. been like a humorous use of it. Instead, Flash basically runs in front of people normally, moving at normal speed going this way on a staircase that goes up. So there's only one way they can go. He gets outside and then just stands there until Cyborg says, get back in there, to which he replies, oh, right, aliens, bad guys, sword lady, and then runs back inside. He doesn't fucking know Wonder Woman's name. Imagine you're a character in this universe. You've been adopted to fight with who you have been informed is essentially a god, and you can't remember her fucking name. (laughs) Like, that to me is so absurd. Like, could you imagine seeing in, like, the Avengers if Captain America was like, oh, yeah, I gotta go, bad guys, robot suit guy, dude with big hammer? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, why would he not know her name? Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's meant it's, to be it's, it's a, supposed to be played a as fun a joke. bit. Yeah, but it's, it's just not, not good. I will say that, and this is, gonna, this is gonna be kind of from all over the place, I did scrub through a lot of the Justice League to sort of catch the jokes I missed, and there's some weird shit. The one scene that was we talked about, I think, in one of the other episodes, is that this is where a sequence uh, of Wonder Woman f- like falling on top, or the Flash falling on top of Wonder Woman's breasts was cut out. Yeah, uh, a scene Which, that that Gal Gadot good call there. Refu- uh, 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 refused to, f- to film. But there's other like weird jokes here. Um, some of the ones that that, 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 that popped up were mostly in the main fight that were Whedon jokes. That Christ, ten billion dollars worth of Whedon jokes they had to cut out uh, include. The the Flash uh, rescuing someone, uh, some Russian family, and then saying, realizing he doesn't know any Russian, to say, like, you know, stay here or hope you're okay or whatever. He just says Dostoevsky and runs away. Oh, yeah, and there's also a bit where, uh, yeah, I remember the guy I worked with telling me about this because he said it was so cringy. There's a scene where, like, when he goes to run to get the Russian family he's like batman's like they're west you know which direction west is and he's like he says something like yeah i think and then he like goes to run he's like it's that way right and that's the bit and it's like it's something yeah. along those lines where like the joke is basically well there's huh? there's a whole sequence with these with this russian family in the finale that is there they don't there's not even a whiff of them in the snyder cut which is a relief because apparently superman shows up in this in the original cut early early than he does in this film uh, and just starts kicking Steppenwolf's ass. And then the movie is suddenly like, you can hear the writers being like, uh-oh, uh-oh, we don't know how to like not have Superman just win here. So they have have a random Russian family and some other Russians living in like a, an apartment complex in danger. And the Flash rescues a truck full of fleeing Russians. And Superman is seen flying away with a whole building full of people, presumably. Like a, a building, he's like torn out of the out of like the out of the foundation, and it's just flying it across the sky. You know how oh, physics works. Yeah, and then it's, and the joke there is the Flash is like, oh, I only saved four people. So uh, that's what they do to, to to allow some of the characters to fight Steppenwolf without Superman for a little and, bit. It, I, I did say like 
it was fine like when they set it up but he was like we're i'm just gonna jump ahead to the end real quick since we're talking about it please this is no point we're talking about this in like some narrative order as this yeah. is a narrative left because at this point they say mother boxes 1000 times oh, and yeah. you get it you absolutely fucking get it at the mother point, boxes create actually, a bad thing bad thing is coming let's go stop bad thing i, I actually fucking got it at one point some guy who wrote the script made up the word like i'm like i think the guy who wrote the initial pass owned the copyright for the word mother box and was like every time they say it i get 40 dollars <laughs> and just wrote it into this because at one it's point everywhere Holy every character shit. says it in a conversation they're like the mother box and he's like yeah i know the mother box and you're like you don't have to keep calling them that but so the end this is where like to me the movie falls completely apart there's like some interesting stuff still going on i guess but the end is one. It's it's night again. I, I guess DC movies can only take place. Fights can only take place at night, and I think that's to cover up the fact that they don't know how to film action. So you really can't tell what's going on. But you get a fight scene, which is just super generic. Like Batman shooting people a bunch. He there's like a moment where it seems like he's gonna sacrifice himself to let the others get into the building. No, they show up and help him. So that was pointless. He's just basically grabbing a gun and shooting people. He's not even doing, like, remember the cool stuff he did in Batman vs. Superman where he goes into that room and he's, like, using his uh, grapple hook to, like, pull a box into a guy and he's, like, going up into the ceiling. Come, He basically just walks up, takes a guy's gun and starts shooting the rest of the... This, this is a huge... And, yeah, I'm going to intercede here because this is a huge problem for me with this movie. You could think of any other Batman movie and you could find more interesting stuff. Hell, even when he's fighting Mr. Freeze and they're skating, it's more interesting. Because uh, think about the scene in a, uh, even a less kind of action-punchy movie, one of the Nolans um, with uh, Dark Knight, where he has to like get into that building where like the SWAT team is really criminals or I, I can't remember, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They've replaced, they've swapped out the hostages for like Joker's goons. And, yeah. Yeah. And he has to sort of like disarm the SWAT team that, that doesn't know who the, who the actual like targets are while he yeah, takes out the targets. He's basically like the Joker switched it so that the hostages right. are actually the gunmen. That's fun because a, the stakes are really high and it's complicated, but he's using gadget after gadget. He's flipping and he's doing all kinds of like aerial work to try and like maneuver from floor to floor uh, and blowing things apart yeah in this one a they don't ever give you scale he's just he's just every time we cut to him he's at some part of the tower you don't know if it's the last platform or the first platform he's just on like a platform and he like yeah punches a guy takes a rifle and spends the the next hour of the film just like three shot bursting like parody biggest problem so Arguably, Batman is probably the most famous comic book character in the world. I mean, maybe Superman is just more recognizable. But, like, culturally, everyone knows who Batman is. You know, he's been in tons of movies. You take also one of the most interesting characters because in the DC Universe, he's like the only non-metahuman. I guess Green Arrow, but at least in this film. He has no superpowers. He's just a guy. You know, he's sort of like Captain America. The idea is Captain America is just a dude who's in really great shape. And so it's interesting because you get the dynamic of a a person trying to keep up with things that they really have no chance of fighting. Batman does nothing in this end of this film. He just sits up there and shoots like cannon fodder. He never actually does anything to help them fight Steppenwolf. And I I couldn't believe it because it's such a waste of Batman's character and it's such a waste 
of like his dynamic with the justice league you know there's that really great it was a comic and they also did it as a cartoon the series where somebody finds out that batman has a plan to kill every member of the justice league and they use them to like basically dismantle the justice league and they all freak out and they're like why would you do that and he said because you're all metahumans you could destroy the earth if you wanted to so if that if you turn i have to have a way to stop you and, you know, and that's like a great, and then, you know, at the end they're asked, they're like, well, what's your plan if you were to turn? And he said, I formed the Justice League. And, you know, it's like a, you know, a cool little bit. And in this movie, he does nothing. But then they try to sell this, like, backstory where, like, in the future, he's going to have to fix time. He's a fucking moron. He can't do anything. You've set him up as the least interesting character, but you're like, I'm going to give him a backstory where in the future, there's a, there's a sequel that could happen where he might be interested. He's a waste. And then that fight scene at the end, not to, because if you go back and listen, I, we're not really super glowing about the first Avengers movies. They're a thing we didn't like. But in that point, there's a point where they start losing, you know? And you're like, oh, they're going to lose. Captain America's wounded. They're starting to get tired. There's just too many of these things. The Justice League never is really losing until they start fighting Steppenwolf. And that's only, and they're still kind of beating him up. He just knocks him away at one point and knocks cyborg off and then the things close and that's how they win steppenwolf isn't actually really that big of a threat and they negate all that because superman just shows up and just beats the fuck out of him yeah the so only there's no of... point which you're worried about the outcome the only threat where the stakes are where anything's in real danger is when the mother when they can't they can't execute their plan which is a vague plan at best that yes. that cyborg who has uh, as the movie would would lead you to would would tell you to 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 have it understood, um, just has cyber power, uh, is going to touch the cube, I guess, which won't give him access, okay, unless unless the flash runs so fast that he creates a speed uh, force. I, it's it's basically like, like he's creating like, like static electricity from moving so fast. I, like I he, guess him and moving through did... the field what? is creating like electricity. I don't. What? And I don't know why it's such a hard time interfacing because we know that Cyborg is constructed out of the same, like he was made by box. the box. Yeah, it seems like there would be a compatibility. I don't understand. But this MacGuffin of like he has to run real fast outside to get enough speed to come inside at the right time, but they had they were slow he, to do it. So he, he is, gets. They, they they mention he's moving it almost the like the speed of sound. He's running so fast outside. And one of these stupid bots is smart enough to lead a person traveling at, like, Mach 5 with a gun and hits him. You know how unlikely that would be? You're like, could you imagine trying to shoot an object moving that fast? Yeah, it would be insane. It would be like if you had, like, an old world kind of ballista and you shot, like, a flying dragon. It would be yeah. insane to pull that like off. Like, twice. Yeah, it would be it would be ridiculous. In fact, it would be such a bad thing it might ruin a show. But um, but but it, he gets blasted, which has now broken the whole plan, and that's the only time at which the whole the whole the whole sequence is ever at risk. Yeah, that's really, it. really, Steppenwolf wins because he's able to kind of push people away long enough to like put his hand on somebody's shoulder and pull them back, and that's yeah. literally what. And honestly, Steppenwolf whole doesn't stakes. even really do it. Had the Flash not been shot and wounded, he would have made it there. So it's one random cannon fodder's blind fire that wins that almost wins the day, and it's like 
Oh, that's just so disappointing. And then the fight scene is really boring because they don't well, do anything exciting. And again, I hate to keep being like Avengers was a great movie, but think about in the Avengers movie where at one point they're all fighting and Iron Man like lands and he shoots and Captain America blocks it off his shield and they use it to like mow down everybody and then he flies away and starts fighting other people. And Yeah, there's no interplay this is, between at one point, heroes. Aquaman just jumps off and spears one guy, punches another guy, starts to fall, and Cyborg grabs him. He goes, my man, and then Cyborg just throws him forward and he kills one more person. That's the most, like, interplay out of the entire fight scenes. It's so frustrating. A, a scene that I'll always remember, and I know uh, DC fans that are listening are furious with our constant Marvel comparisons, because, again, we shit all over Marvel movies. But uh, in, in Infinity War, when they're fighting Thanos and, like, you're seeing, like, Doctor Strange teleport, you know, Star Lord, uh, and and everyone's sort of like interplaying their abilities and teaming up, which is the stuff that you want to see. Clever fight sequences with surprising t- turns. Everyone's a punch guy or a shoot guy in this movie, and there's no alternatives. And that's worsened by the fact that in a fight in, say, the MCU, is just using it as an example. If the villain smashes Iron Man really hard, you know, Iron Man gets up and, like, the arm part of his armor is missing. And now his abilities are worsened. And you know that visually, you know. Uh, Hawkeye is is struck badly and you see his arm break. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, these, they they have fallible qualities to them. But everyone's either a Superman or kind of a Superman in this movie. So when Wonder Woman gets punched into a wall, she goes, oof. And you're like, I don't know... Is that bad for you? Are you good? Even, I have no point, idea. When Flash finally gets shot, you're like, ooh, I was like, oh man, that's he's gonna have to like play hurt. That's gonna be like that'll explain, you know, he'll you know, he'll hurt himself more by trying to run with like an open wound. Nope, he can speed he speed heal himself, so twenty cool. seconds he's perfectly fine. Yeah, and fine. I, and that's and then at the end, like when they show everybody Exhausting. they're slightly dirty. Think about like at the yeah. end of uh, of the Avengers movie, like they're missing like parts of their armor like you said they're all they've got blood on them they're all wounded their art their clothes are all torn up the these guys at the end pose and they look like it's a like a fucking photo shoot and that's what's so and they play this swelling music like isn't this great it's like i there's no stakes in this fucking movie at no point did i even for one second be like oh man i wonder if they won't be able to win you know what i mean and this movie came out at a point where I don't, it's just so disappointing. It's such in the waste of Batman flash is uninteresting. Most of the movie, he just spends running with no one near him doing every, nothing. Every Aquaman's really crappy. Every character is given precisely everything they need to, to every single thing they need to win the fight. They, they have it from the get go. And the only thing that's that, that, that they don't have time, time travel that the flash can do, as we said earlier, has no downside so so it doesn't push him to some limit it doesn't like it doesn't yeah, it doesn't like if, have a ripple effect that damages other things it, it if, doesn't if like they, if he had explained like at the end and been like hey by the way me doing what i did like we all died and i reverse time when i do that i think i create another universe yeah right so things it's really branched. bad i might have done something bad and then that would tie into like the batman but he basically is like, I made a rule, I wouldn't do it. And the rule seems to just be like a New Year's resolution. Yeah. I guess the yeah. idea is he promised he would never run back far enough, I guess, to reset to save like his mom or whatever. But we don't know that. I mean, I assume that's the reasoning is that, you know, if, if he get caught in well, reverse time, 
he would you know live in a world now where he should like he just no consequences but now now he should just do it because apparently there's nothing wrong if he were to do it uh this movie told us that it's fine um uh and, and when's the last time uh, th- i mean isn't this basically like one the superman movie like spin the world the wrong way to, to undo the, the bad yeah, fights yeah and i mean this is something that's happened in comics is supposedly he can run so i mean there's all sorts of stuff supposedly the flash right. can he vibrate he can make himself vibrate at such a speed that he can actually travel through de- dimensions like he can be in multiple dimensions at once and it's um, just i don't know it's just like his character is such a waste and he's really uninteresting and they try to give him something but it's like without a, a, a prequel movie it's just so hard to care about him and it's like they could have done it with one character they could have picked one character and been like we're not going to give them a movie they're just going to be a character and we'll kind of explain their origin in this film but it's three separate characters have no origin technically four because batman really doesn't have an origin there's just like a light origin of batman versus superman so it's so crazy yeah and, and let's talk about boring and uninteresting because um there's i mean obviously the fight scene at the end i mean a lot of my notes i, I was able to establish that i something i should know is i fell asleep twice oh my god twice now i was not that particularly sleepy uh it was the long the flashes rewinding time sequence and because i didn't care yeah it, it's, I, it's... I nodded off like that was that was in a scene with the fastest man going in like 10 times slow-mo doing a thing that i knew he was going to do like 10 minutes ago mm-hmm. and then i knew it was just going to work and there would be no problems i just sort of and i don't care about again barry allen because we haven't given anything other than that he sometimes collects hot dogs while in slow motion i don't know anything of fucking about him and so i was just like all right fine um and then i nodded off and woke up with him like uh putting back his friends back together after they all died and, and, like i could yeah it's really long and that's the thing i was shocked at is the end of the movie is like the fight scene's probably 35 40 minutes mm-hmm. it's probably only 15 minutes long because so much of it is in slow motion and none of it is interesting it's like you know i don't know if you ever watch like sporting events where they show like slow-mo of a guy like walking off the court and you're just like that's a weird use of slow motion like pick something dynamic it's this is just like at some points there's literally just shots of like a person punching and it's in slow motion and you're just like yeah they're just punching essentially a a, a guy who was put here to be exploded by someone punching him you're not there's no this isn't interesting i don't care who they're fighting i don't care what's going on and there's so many shots of them like standing and posing next to each other where it's like if this was really the end of the world you guys wasted 10 minutes of time just trying to look dope in the background uh yeah uh but but something i wanted to talk about that wasn't exclusively just uh the fight sequence is that for some reason and i don't know how much of this is in the original or for the i couldn't care to go find out uh for myself but this movie decides to do a second movie alongside the first bad movie and that second movie is lois and martha are sad uh yes which because we get pieces through this movie of Lois reacting to the death of Superman in the former film. And that is done a little bit in the beginning. Also in slow-mo, by the way. I don't think I complain about that. Slow-mo and like the worst, one of the worst music cues in this entire film. So bizarre. But I thought that would mean something. It didn't. And doesn't. 
like Lois just doesn't doesn't have to be in the movie. She has well, no... she at the end stops Superman, which is like okay. And this was another problem I sort of had. So at one point we get this scene where Martha shows up and she talks to Lois and she's like, "I heard you're not working. You should go back to work." Okay, that doesn't really that conversation doesn't matter. And then when she goes outside, it turns out not Martha, it's Martian Manhunter. Which then I was like, the fuck is going on? But we why saw is, Martha. But I was we like, saw- why is Martian Manhunter having this conversation with Lois? And why would you put him in the movie and then just have him be like, I'm going to peace out until the eighth epilogue of this film. <laughs> it was just bizarre. Because there was no reason for it not to just be Martha. Yeah, it, it it does. The fact that he's interceding, the fact that Martian Manhunter is getting involved is fine because he's a you know he's a member of the Justice League of some import. Yeah. Um, and it, at the at the end, like you said, it makes sense for him to appear there because you know they didn't actually defeat Darkseid. You know he's still coming, and Martian mm-hmm. Manhunter, being a space person, would know that. So him showing up to be like I'm here to help you prepare for what's to come is logical the fact that he came down and says hmm lois looks sad. yeah like the thing that's weird he's like oh the world needs lois back in and i was like oh okay so in my mind i was like that explains why she's there when they wake superman she must go to because it's, it's like she knows batman's bruce wayne she was there with clark when he died so he she definitely knows he's bruce wayne she has to unless she's the worst investigative journalist in the history so I thought she was going to show up and be like, what can I do to help? And he's like, we're going to try to bring Superman back. And then that's why, no, she still just shows up to mourn at the monument they made for Superman, which happens to be next to the place where they're trying to resurrect Superman at 6 a.m. in the morning. Why did they wait to do it? Like right at the beginning of rush hour when people would be in the city. Why didn't they do it when most of the ta- like the area would be abandoned? It was so bizarre. They got there in like the middle of the night and I guess just hung out in that ship until it was like it's about 5 30 we're on the clock now let's go ahead and bring superman back to life <laughs> um just, i just yeah. it just felt like a lot of this lois stuff was running in parallel to a story that had nothing to do with it i know superman lois's presence there you know calm superman but that's only because they wrote in that he'd be confused and which i don't think did anything unless that was going to be the movie's plot which i thought would be more interesting because the scene where superman yes. is back is a big deal you know or, or, or what i mean to say is that superman being back is a big deal and so the scene where he's like suddenly returned uh, in a monument that is sort of like sort of like almost like reminiscent of like the 9-11 monument you know it's like a, yes. it, it's kind of a, a, like a solemn place and the heroes are there and superman's not the person that they thought he was going to be so this plan um has gone wrong and it is like, and it's scary to see. There's actually a scene I do like, which is that it's, it's, the Flash is running and and Superman turns and faces him. That's a great moment. Yeah, um, yeah, where he's in the like, Speed uh-oh. Force. Yeah, that's a great moment. And then fighting is cool. It's fine. There's that weird Kal-El moment that we mentioned. I think in many episode being so weirdly dubbed. Um, but but that's all cool if it was the plot of yeah, this movie. So, so I, but it isn't. Have- I've admitted I have not seen the actual original release of Justice League, and I have actually steered us away from doing it on the podcast because I know it was going to be so bad. I didn't after we saw Suicide Squad, I was like, I don't know if I can sit through another one of these really long tentpole movies that are just so 
boring and bad. So me and you watched, though, that scene one time, and we were laughing about how bad it looked in the original Justice League. At least looks slightly better now. But in the original Justice League, it looks so... You, you can just tell everything in the shot is fake. Every piece of CGI, you're just like, nothing in this shot is real except for Superman's pants. But <laughs> the thing that... So when we saw that clip, I just assumed that was the beginning of the movie. <laughs> like, in my mind, Batman vs. Superman ends with the hint that Superman's still alive. Remember, they put him in the ground and, like, the rocks vibrate. So I thought they were just going to do the story from the comics where eventually he's buried in the black suit and he eventually is able to absorb enough of the sun's radiation to come back to life because you he, he can't kill Superman. He's not really dead. So I thought that was it. And I was like, oh, he must come back, but he has amnesia because he's been dead for a while that's interesting and the rest of the movie must be like them maybe having to fight superman and eventually get superman to realize who he is and i was like that you know they can do that with the lowest stuff because we saw that in the clip i assume that was the very beginning of like you know the first 40 minutes of the movie and then it would come back and he would show up and then they would go on to fight dark sides you know henchmen but no it happened so close to the end of the movie i was shocked yeah. when it happened and i was like this has to be the end of this film. Because that is conceptually interesting. Like, I, I'm interested to see, like, a sort of, a sort of, like, an uncertain Superman, you know, that needs to be, like, uh, um, you know, chased and, and subdued and, 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 and resolved. That's interesting. But yeah, it's just, it's just a skirmish in the park. He sees Lois and then he leaves and within, like, ten minutes of just standing in a cornfield, he's like, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Let's go just win the fight. Let's go show up, you know, dramatically late for the fight for no reason and just help them win. Because, like, what's he doing but what's, between the cornfield where we see well, he's okay? I guess okay. he has to try to figure out where Bruce Wayne lives. I guess. But here is but the other thing that it's really Superman, got you know? <laughs> here is the thing that really got me about the end of this movie, too, is... They're fighting, and, you know, they show up, and Steppenwolf is, like, beating up Iron Man and Wonder Woman, and it's, like, an actual fight, and you're like, oh, okay. When Superman shows up, it's as if Superman has come to beat up a child. <laughs> like, he just beats the complete shit out of Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf does nothing to him, and in my mind, I was like, what a shitty storyline where you're just like, if this one character's awake the villains are worthless. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, that's so bizarre that that's how it ends. Is just, I know this is a, a, a challenge with Superman often because yes. he is, he is so godlike that often you, you, you kind of get stuck in this strange problem where it's like, well, how do you make it have stakes if he's there? Um, I, I get this kind of an ongoing issue and but, obviously but movies I mean, have worked, the comics work with that with like kryptonite and heroes that are more powerful than Superman. Like, um, you know, like Darkseid and like, uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, one who kills him. Uh, Doomsday. Doomsday, Doomsday, yeah. Yeah, and there's all sorts of interesting, like, if he had showed up and he was, like, got into a fight and it was, like, real, like, one-on-one, I don't know if Superman's gonna win, he's gotta get the upper hand and he wins because of teammates, that would have been far more interesting to me. Him just showing up and winning, I'm just like, they don't need the Justice League. Superman could have done this all on his own had he just been alive. He would have just killed them the moment they arrived and been like, well, that, that, you know, that's that. I'm out of here. Uh, good day. I'm going to go get some coffee with my wife. So it was just so, it just like so undercut this idea that they're like, we need the Justice League. No, you don't. 
you just need Superman. You just proved it. He could have done everything you guys did quicker and better. So it was just yeah. such a, like a bizarre I mean, undercutting of the premise of the film. If it wasn't clear earlier in my discussion of it, in the original Justice League, they literally just had to inject Russian civilians to get Superman away from the fight so they could do a few more punch kicks and then have him come back to help like to help to help cinch i'm at least glad they got rid of that because the the end is too long and too boring so to have added an extra 10 minutes worth of him rescuing a russian family living next to why they didn't just say chernobyl i don't know why it did you notice it was a different place and they're like there was Uh, a nuclear meltdown i was like i don't chernobyl i don't think is a copyrighted location (laughs) like i don't think the chernobyl city council is gonna be like you can't use our name we're gonna sue you everybody knows it's a natural disaster that happened (sighs) But I however, guess maybe it's not supposed to be real Earth they're on. Yeah. Uh, however, if you want to talk about, um, if you want to talk about uh, <laughs> uh, tacked on long sequences, I think now is an excellent opportunity to talk about the epilogue because okay. as we talked, as we talked about the the, the the stakes of this movie are really weak at the end because again the villains or the heroes have almost no trouble with the villain even when they do have trouble that trouble is them falling down and going oof um so so <laughs> as as or, or self-healing all of a sudden um so as we get to the end of the epilogue or, or we get to the end of the movie i mean we just have um you know an interesting sequence of 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 Steppenwolf being, you know, decapitated and thrown through a portal yeah, on Darkseid. Yeah, and we get that sort of moment where Darkseid sets up a sequel that's probably never going to happen in which he's like, oh, we'll do it the old way, which is I'll show back up on the planet that beat me before. I guess I think now I can <laughs> But yeah. we don't need to go into that. There's also something real quick that I just want to mention that I found very confusing in this ending, which is Steppenwolf's like, I found it, the anti-life equation or whatever it's called. And he's like, it's here on Earth dark side forgot that it was there could you imagine that like your character's motivation is to find this equation you found it you got beat and it seems to be the only time in your entire life you were ever beaten and you're like i can't remember where that place was (laughs) it would be as if like you found a billion dollars in a briefcase 20 feet from your house and you were like ah i can't remember where that was now i guess i'll just never find it (laughs) you know what i mean it's so crazy yeah but yeah, so, so it starts, this starts... Uh, sorry, the end one thing I wanted to mention is that it also is great that the one mother box that took the longest to find was the one that we what? joked about being just buried being in, in the ground. <laughs> Way to go, Amazons. You just dug yours in a slight ditch. This would have uh, never happened. You gave it away with the temple, idiots. <laughs> yeah, they were like, where do you think it is? There's that giant temple that has the box dumb ass. on top of it. He's looking for temples, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, he's like standing above freshly dug dirt earth, and he's like, where the where fuck is, is this it? thing? <laughs> I don't see any temples out here. Um, I, I, the, I'm screwed. I'm going to sit on this box-shaped protrusion from the ground. And hopefully <laughs> I'll find it soon. The epilogue, I think, is an entire... Let's see here. I'm it's, just looking at it real quick. It's, it's uh, 20 it's, minutes. No, I think it's like 25 minutes. Because at the yeah. end, I was like, wait, yeah, you're right. there's no way... And this is like, I mean, this is basically Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, like just epilogue after epilogue after epilogue. You know what? I thought of that too. But imagine them being for epilogues for things you don't give a fuck about. Yeah, that's the point is that the problem with the Lord of the Rings, like, like sextuple epilogue is that it's trying to like, it's trying to tie up the sort of underpinning 
you know, subplots of all the characters of like Aragorn and his love interests of like Frodo and Sam's friendship and what happens to them next. And it's trying to tie up a lot of things that are in a very long anthology. This was like every idea <laughs> that Zack Snyder thought of like and wrote well, a, got up in the middle of the night and wrote down and then didn't find a way to put it in the movie. So just was... randomly, yeah. randomly said, said them all at the end because they're all disassociated nonsense. But, and like some of them are very confusing. Like, so there's a moment at the end where um, Superman is back at his home with his mother and Lois and there's like a crew there repairing it. And he's talking to Batman and he's like, thanks. And Batman's like, I was just writing it wrong. And I was like, oh, they're going to have a moment about Batman bringing him back to life. That's it. And then Superman says, how'd you get the house back from the bank? And in my mind, I was like, he should just say, I bought the house. That's how foreclosures work. The bank takes the house back and they resell it. And he says, I bought the bank as if like, and that's supposed to be a joke. But all it made me think was, Batman's a terrible businessman. <laughs> he spent $40 billion buying a bank. He could have just bought this house. It couldn't have the, been more than $100,000. The bank doesn't know it's Superman's house. Yeah, and, and he was like, it's like, the bank is like a villain. He's like, how'd you get it back from the bank? Their death grip on homes. It's like, they just resell them. That's what a foreclosure is. We all know they collect them like Pokemon cards and keep them sealed away. <laughs> yes, it was just so, and I was just like, I know the same guy who wrote the I'm rich is my superpower bit wrote that and like went into the writer's room and was like guys i have an amazing bit like the, if you're gonna do that bit the funnier bit should have just been ba- batman should have said oh well i i already own the bank sorry that would have been funny you know what i mean then to be like i bought the bank is just so dumb yeah so here's the rundown of the epilogue uh we get uh, uh cyborg the heart of the movie uh um, oh yes ha- having a, a mess left by his father that Which one starts it off most of it and that one would be okay it's not a great monologue i think i wrote down in my notes that i I found some of it annoying where he's like he makes a a comment that everything breaks and then never returns that idea i I don't know i just i didn't care for it too much but cyborg is the heart of the movie and so him reconciling with the death of his father and his path forward that makes sense okay i I can see why we did that we get a glimpse of um aquaman departing uh to, to go i guess speak to his father um or deciding not to speak to his father i forget um no he but, goes to see his actual dad who is the human oh side. that's Remember, right his mom it, is the yes uh he goes off to speak to his 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 um his 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 father yeah um uh and then we get like who's in charge of the lab now and i'm like i know they're maybe setting something up because the yeah uh, that's Ryan, the guy Ryan, who becomes adam it becomes adam so i know they're yeah. probably just setting that up but but again uh, and then we see Bruce and uh, and Diana, and they're establishing the Justice League headquarters. Let's stop. That's fine. That's what I would expect. The characters that are the primary characters of the movie, plus a little extra, uh, yeah, and we are... get a little moment with the Flash. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, we get a little moment with the Flash. We now know what everyone's doing. Okay, the Flash has got a job now. Cyborg knows who's going to be Diana and. Um, and, and Bruce, who are sort of like the, the, the senior members of this group, are you know putting together this uh, infrastructure, um, and then we get uh, Lex Luthor. Yeah, sh- so we showing get, up. Yeah, that that aside, where they're like Lex Luthor escaped Arkham, and I was like, why would he have been in Arkham? He was just a regular criminal. He wasn't insane. He was a criminal. He created a monster using alien technology. 
they would have just put him in regular person jail. You know what I mean? And he escapes, and you're like, oh, okay. I didn't like this character to begin with. I certainly don't give a fuck now. I would have wished he stayed locked up, but fine. Then, I guess we'll do they more of it. Uh, Joe Manganiello's uh, Deathstroke to replace is that his name? It's Deathstroke, I, I, right? I think you mangled it, but uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I also mangled his name. Uh, but that, that is the character's name, right? Or am I thinking of there's a character in, in the Marvel universe who has a very no, it's, okay, no, it's, it's Deathstroke. It's, okay. it's Deathstroke. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, there's a guy in, called Deathlock in the Marvel universe, and I was oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. They, they, there's a lot of overlapping names. Yeah, and he shows I, up and he's like, "I want to kill Batman," and you're like, "Oh." Uh, okay character i've just now been introduced yeah. to and was technically played by a different actor in a previous movie um that's and- weird but I, 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 before we go past it i want to express another problem uh, like if you were to rank the costumes in this movie superman i think is up there wonder woman's its costume is solid batman i felt that's i think fine. It just, that, that was fine but- in this movie i think it was because it seemed like like Ben Affleck was, um, like his face was always like being squeezed out of the costume. He always just felt like he looked uncomfortable. He looked he looked uncomfortable in every scene. It, from a side, he looked like he had a fat head, which is weird because Ben Affleck doesn't D- have yeah. a fat head. The Flash is like plated armor. His, I never really, his, that was terrible. I never I've ne- I, I've still not taken to it very well, but it's okay. Deathstroke in this scene looks exactly like someone who put together a costume in their garage, a good cosplay at a convention. That's what he looks like. It looks so odd, so unreal, the, the so helmet, strange. The helmet is very odd because Deathstroke's face, like the character, he has like he's missing an eye, so the helmet doesn't have an eye. So because the way they made the suit in comics, it looks fine, but in the movie, it makes his head look really, really tall, <laughs> like really too tall for a person underneath. So when he first came, I was like, Jesus Christ, that guy's head is mammoth. It's something about it is just off, um, and, and it's sort of like they introduce this character and he's like, "I'm gonna kill Batman." And you're like, "I don't give a fuck. I don't know who you are. You're you're essentially introducing a stinger to a character. I don't care or know who it is." As if like I'm shocked. Oh my god, somebody wants to kill Batman, and then Lex Luthor's like, "Always oh, Bruce Wayne," and the guy's like, "Thanks, it's great news." Um, you really don't need to know his secret identity to try to find him. Just commit a crime, he'll show up. He's yeah, pretty it's pretty easy. To easy. Find. Just, go to, just go to the police station, turn the light on. I think you're thinking way too hard. Miss, misfile your taxes in, in Gotham, and he'll be there in an instant to uh, crush your skull. <laughs> um, uh, then, that's, that's bad and stupid. I don't need it. But I guess you're trying to give us some indication well, of a it's, sequel. It's also bad for another separate reason, which is um, they had all this time to redo stuff and nobody thought to sit down with Eisenberg and be like, you're fucking obnoxious and you're not interesting or threatening as a villain. You just come off as like a really douchey, like douche. You just are like a guy nobody wants to talk to, not a person you're afraid of. And he just did the same shitty Lex Luthor again. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Nobody sat down and was like, you got to stop doing this. It needs to be less dumb. So he's annoying. Uh, and then, they, yeah, they cut to what appears to be another movie. A separate. This is fucking insane. It is It is like a 10 minute sequence in which we are in a Mad Max world now. Uh, and, you know, uh, uh, Darkseid or, or Steppenwolf or whatever has succeeded. And now it's like an apocalyptic world. Uh, and... And 
the, the ragtag survivors, which is Batman, Mira, who's, who implies uh, Aquaman is dead, um, the Flash in a new weirder armor, uh, Cyborg uh, in, a, in, a, in a poncho, and Deathstroke. Again, a guy we just briefly got a glimpse of in the one of the who other epilogue sequences. A- and he's instantly like Batman's friend. I was like, you can't book in these two things together. <laughs> it's very you can't preview that Deathstroke exists he and he's going to kill Batman's. Batman. Yeah, and then he's... here's the future in which they're pals. I'm like, well then fuck the movie. Like, yeah. I... <laughs> I was When he turned around, I was like, oh, Deathstroke's there. They're going to have a moment. And he's just like, I think we need to keep moving. I'm like, wait, he's just like his second in command? <sighs> And but then, then, I mean, it's as if it couldn't get worse. As if it couldn't get worse. There's another person here, folks. Ugh. There, there is, there is, there is another person here, and that's Jared Leto, who apparently, based on the the makeup he's wearing, just ate a plate of spaghetti really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's an even worse version of his makeup. It At is least he's minus so the stupid bad. Here's here's a foot I'm putting down. If you tell me I liked the Justice League movie Snyder cut. I'd be like, oh, cool. All right, DCEU fan? Yeah, I would like to hear more on your take. If you tell me there is one redeemable thing about Jared Leto's Joker in the other movie or this movie, I will attack you. I will claw your face and I will harm you <laughs> until I am pulled off of your body because that is a, I am an optimistic, I am the, I am the ray of sunshine in this, in this, in this podcast. And it is, I was standing up pacing with how, fucking irritated i was with this scene and how long it went how the fact that right now in this epilogue after a climactic uh, a world fight jared little gets to see reach around the fuck yes the fuck are we doing the <laughs> i was just like the what is going doing? on but the thing that got me too about this scene is they are having a conversation which is just exposition it's a conversation two people in the history of conversations have never had. Nobody tells you events that happened to a person who knows the events that happened. You know what I mean? You would never be like, remember that time you sent... You know what? You would just be like, oh, he really messed up with Robin. And then he wouldn't have to explain it because Batman would know what would happen. But instead, the Joker has to keep explaining scene, like word by word what happened. Uh, what's her name? Mira, Mira or whatever. She has to explain that Aquaman's dead. And it's just like, what is going on? And Jared Leto is doing a worse version of the Joker than he did in Suicide Squad, which I thought was going to be impossible. At one point, he is clearly, whether it's on purpose or just by accident, doing the worst imitation of Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, he's definitely... He starts doing the voice. It's it's when... Mira accuses Batman of having never loved anybody. And then the Joker chimes in and it's like, like a mother or a father and well, does sort yeah, of and like a weird he, he does growly the thing where like his voice raises in pitch and he starts doing like the sort of goofy voice that, you yeah. know, but he does it too far. So he just sounds like a cartoon. Character. He's got a garbage laugh Joker laugh. His ter- yeah. garbage Joker laugh. And the more, the more important thing is as you're watching this useless dialogue, useless dialogue because we're never gonna see these characters like we know he killed robin but you skipped that part you made an older batman so we don't get that part and i don't think we're gonna go back based on what i understand about yeah, what these movies are gonna go shot in in batman vs superman where there's a robin suit and it says like something like ha 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 on it or something and it's like oh 
if you knew Batman's story, you know that's obviously a reference to death in the family, the, the storyline. If you don't, you'd have no clue what the fuck was going on. So why you would reference it again? <laughs> this movie still being like, I don't know if everybody's going to get the reference. Yeah. And and the, the worst part about all of this is that it's revealed to be a dream. For the love of fucking God. It, it, think yeah. about the last time a friend of yours told you their dream and how many pounds of not give a shit you had. Well, I mean, that, think about that. The Fuck other problem me. is, is so earlier in, in, in Batman vs. Superman, he has the dream about the end of the world, right? And you're like, oh, this is somewhat interesting. I, You know, kind of cool, whatever. Uh, he wakes up. In my mind, that wasn't a dream. I always thought that the idea was that the flesh was somehow giving him a vision of the future. And that's why when he wakes up, the flesh is there talking to him. And so I thought that's what was supposed to be happening in Batman vs. Superman. But apparently Batman is just having like a vivid fan fiction dream that's also a version of the reality, the future possibly, in which he can't figure out, don't let Lois Lane die. It's not that hard, man. Like, just don't let her die. Clearly, Darkseid kills her. And Superman goes mad and joins Darkseid. It's really not hard to figure out. <laughs> like, it's it also, could not be a less confusing it's idea. Also, Don't it's also let inf- Lois Lane die. It's also infuriating because it's a classic woman in refrigerator syndrome here where Lois Lane has been tacked into these franchise, these fucking movies so she can die or protect, or even be threatened to die and, and break the universe. Also sucks for Superman that, like, I guess that's all he is. <laughs> like... He has no code or any like sort of like deeper personality. Like Lois Lane dies, well, my, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm a villain." It's I so assume Darkseid tells him because that thing lets him control life that he could bring her back to life. That's my guess. I guess, what would happen. but it still sucks. It's still then, weak as all hell. What makes this even worse is so Batman wakes up and he's in bed and he's like, "Oh," and you're like, "Oh, okay." If that was it, that's really where the movie should have ended. He should have he should have like gotten up and been breathing heavy and like reached over and hit a button and you should have heard like. Diane to be clear, like, we should Bruce. never have we should never have gotten this dream sequence. But go ahead. I, yeah, but I mean, I I get because he was trying to still build up you know the Snyderverse, which is never going to happen or whatever. Who knows? Maybe it will. But he wanted to set this up. That's fine. But the ending really shouldn't have been, should have been Bruce waking up and hitting a button and like Diana being like, oh, why are you calling me? It's you know so early there, and he should have been like, we have to get the team together something's wrong and that would have been a better ending instead he wakes up from having a dream in which it's implied that he can see the the future which is coming which is he's ruined the world by letting lois lane die and superman's killing everyone he wakes up and hears somebody fly over and goes outside and it's martian manhunter batman tried to kill superman in a movie because he thought he was bad a random alien shows up and his reaction is like somebody rang the doorbell to get his signature on an amazon package and then they have like a really boring dialogue in which batman is again not batman he's just like ben affleck because you know martian manhunter's like i'll help you and he's like oh cool we could we could use the help like his reactions are so muted he has and, and just more of like batman not knowing what's going on and not caring and then the guy's like some have called me martian manhunter and flies away and batman's just like i guess i'll be seeing you and then goes back inside and i was like what the fuck was that what was the point like why put martian manhunter in the movie at all he there's no reason to put him in the movie that scene where he's 
Martha doesn't matter. It could have just been regular Martha and the movie wouldn't have changed. There's no reason to tack him on at the end. It's just so much like crap he tried to throw in to be like, this is what I would have done. Wouldn't I have been better? And it's like, no, all of this is shit. You're just giving me more garbage. I'm sorry. I'm very angry. (laughs) No, these ideas are so disjointed and, 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 and and, yeah, and, and disconnected and uninteresting and then we yeah we fade out on that finally on that that Martian Manhunter sequence an almost half hour of television of just like extra ideas that Zack Snyder had that we're just gonna go ahead and watch at the end of the movie filled with characters who weren't relevant to the plot yeah uh, and, who and then that's weren't even thing. weren't even adjacent to the plot of the movie we just watched and then that's sort of like another thing that gets me is like you know there's all these people online that are like oh DC you need to bring back the Snyderverse and it's like no they don't. The movies are not good. Like, we saw that given a chance to refilm a movie, he left the part that was the shittiest in the movie. He just added extra stuff, which, in my opinion, makes the movie actually worse in a way because all it does is when you see the section with Cyborg is you think, that should have been a movie. There would have been so much more feeling when his father died if I had any real connection to either one of these characters. But I got 20 minutes of origin story told as, like, fast exposition. So it's hard for me to care. I don't have any connection. So it just reminded me, like, this is such sloppy filmmaking to just throw character after character and be like, all right, you guys like him? And now we're going to put him in peril and you're going to feel something. And you don't. You're just sitting there watching people pose at the end of a movie. It's deeply upsetting is what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah, I think you're entirely correct. Um, so if you're tuning in now at the end of the, the podcast and you um, think that we perhaps spoke too, uh, too at length about this movie, um, I think Pogues just sums it up <laughs> in a special, a special Pogues cut um, in the last 10 seconds. Exactly how I feel about this movie. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I was way more optimistic. I know we mentioned it at the beginning. I was way more, way more optimistic from the first it, section than the later it, section. It, it, yeah, I will say, the first section, a lot of the stuff that was clearly added, I enjoyed. Some of it was shitty. The slow motion scene of uh, Lois Lane getting coffee with like a two minute long song playing. The weird, overly long slow motion scene with the flash saving that woman. Um, that just sort of tacked on stuff they threw in, stuff that didn't really matter and took too long. Some of it was though interesting and there was at least something there. The rest of this movie, though, was just such a disappointment. I, I could not believe while watching it. I was just like, boy, this really is not a good movie. And at the end, I think really the biggest, you know, this sort of sums up the issue is this movie, they paid like an extra like $100 million to reshoot shit. And then they bought the world's shittiest cover of the song Hallelujah. <laughs> It was just like, <laughs> seriously, you guys couldn't have just paid for the fucking Leonard Cohen version or Jeff Buckley? Either one of those, or otherwise, just don't use the song. <laughs> That's the rule. I mean, it's yeah, it's like, oh, what's, you know, it's just insane. It's like when people buy, like, a shitty cover of a Beatles song. It's like, you don't, it's it's like buying, a, like, a knockoff version of a Lamborghini, you know? <laughs> like, what's the point? So I digress. I was annoyed at the song, too. But I think, I guess, would you recommend somebody spend four hours and five minutes watching this movie? Uh, it is absolutely too long without enough reward that said i mean if i think about the movies that i said were unwatchable i feel bad putting this movie in the same category as some like the trashiest shit we've ever seen you know it's not 
it's it, it it's it, i could see how it could appeal to somebody i could see how someone could enjoy it so i think honestly i'd probably say yes unless i know your taste and you're a friend of mine in which case i'd say no <laughs> i would say if you didn't see justice league or you saw justice league and didn't like it, it there's not enough here to really warrant watching it if you or i guess if you hated justice league but if you never saw it don't watch it it's it's not like an event worth watching um if you saw Justice League and just thought it was bad and you wished it had been better, or you're like a DC movie fan, watch the first two hours and the last 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to rewatch basically the same movie with a few different are, are, cuts. Are you saying last 40 minutes with epilogue or without epilogue? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, it, the epilogue is pointless as, as shit. But it, like while watching it, I was like, boy, they should have just made this as the movie. At least something fucking's going on. Like, this this seems more interesting than the fucking garbage they gave me. Like, the epilogue had more story crammed into ten minutes than four hours worth of film did. But I still was like, I don't really care. And I, I don't understand when they're like, you need me. What could you possibly need a, an insane person who dresses like a clown for in the apocalypse? What special skill does he have that's going to make him able to fight Darkseid? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you need me. I think I just need any person then, because you're a regular guy. But, yeah. So I would say, you know, I guess if you saw the other ones, maybe watch it. If you have HBO Go, I guess maybe put it on the background. I Really what it comes down to for me is this film and watching it is just a reminder of how DC has squandered good characters. You know, like Batman's a great character. Wonder Woman's a great character. The Flash, they've done a lot with. He's a good character. Green Lantern's a good character. Aquaman, interesting. All these stuff. And instead of trying to create good movies for their fans, they just rushed for cash grabs. And they made garbage. And they're relying on the sort of antagonistic culture, which is movie reviews, where people will defend something because they mildly liked it and double down and spend tons of money on sequels for it, even when it's not really that good, just because somebody on the internet hated it. And I, I feel like that's who they're making the movie for, is they want people to hate them, because that actually helps their business model, instead of it's, trying to just make good movies. It's a cash grab dumb, dumb movie for bullies. Um, yeah. For internet bullies. So <laughs> Yeah, and it's disappointing, because I feel bad for people who are really invested in those characters, because like, I got a great... I love Captain America. He's my favorite you know mainstream superhero and i got a great captain america movie it makes up for all the terrible hellboy movies i've got (laughs) you know (laughs) and i feel bad thinking that there's somebody out there who the flash is like their favorite character and this is the version of the flash they got just a sort of tacked on bad joke spewing you know at least like i I don't know if they're gonna keep doing these shitty jokes bring the people in who wrote shazam that movie at least had some funny bits in it (laughs) (laughs) yeah no you're not wrong so I guess that's it. Uh, join us next week where we will tell you what movie is up next if uh, you know this, this podcast didn't break us uh, watching this particular film. But let us know if you disagree with us or rate our podcast. Pass it along. Tell people to listen to it. You know, I'm sure people are running out of things to binge watch uh, after a year's worth of being stuck indoors. So give them a, tell them to come check us out. SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all slash NAOSpod. And roll the uh, Leonard Cohen Hallelujah. Oh shit, we couldn't afford it. Roll the off-brand Leonard Cohen Hallelujah. Well, they said there is a fever <laughs> cock. <laughs>